All right, so we're back. We're, we're recording. This Eric. is the Emergency Left Back Podcast with your interim host, Noah Knopf. Wow. I'm honored to have been selected. I didn't know if you were going to go with me or Spencer. Listeners, welcome back to the Emergency Left Back Podcast. We've missed you dearly. We haven't had any inquiries about the MacBook Pro in our absence. But we decided to come back regardless because we need to talk about the Premier League and we need regardless? to talk about these Champions Champions League games that happened this afternoon. I just got done, finished watching the Liverpool game on Paramount Plus, which I was saying to Spencer is a very poor streaming service that I'm going to be paying $5.99 a month for because there's nowhere else to watch Champions League replays and I usually have to work between three and five but based on how the game went maybe Liverpool will just get eliminated and I can save my money so we have lots to talk about uh it's a good night um should we start with the Premier League or with the Champions League yeah go most recent work our way backwards okay well let's talk Prem uh I think that we have to talk about the Liverpool versus Real Madrid game and since I am the one who is starting the podcast as the host i'm not going to go to myself but i will open up the floor to you two um maybe the question that we should ask is which team you know how should each team walk away from this first leg how should they feel about the scoreline i mean if if i'm if i'm real madrid I, i i can't be happier um you know down your your starting two center halves and and still holding a team with the attacking prowess of, of Liverpool to one goal um, is the the best that you can hope for. Uh, and then also welcome to European football relevance, uh, Vinicius Jr. Uh, I, I think we have a, a new star on our hands. You know, it's, it's taken him a little while to live up to the price tag. Um, but w- watching him today, I, you know, I texted in our group chat saying, I thought people thought he was a bust. Like I, I hadn't heard, uh, I, I don't follow La Liga that closely admittedly, but I hadn't heard about him in a while. And I was unbelievably impressed by, by his play today. Mm. I'm not happy if I'm, if I'm, if I'm Liverpool, but it, it you know, that we've gone, o- gone over it over and over again, that uh, injury plagued uh, maybe a, a change in the system is necessary, but, you're missing the best defender in the world. Uh, there's there's only so much you can do about that. I was struck by Vinicius's celebrations and the way that he grabbed the Real Madrid patch. And actually on the third goal, he grabbed the patch and then he kind of planted the ground in a way of saying like, this is the home turf of Real Madrid. Um, and this is what happens when you come here. And I, I was struck by that. I thought that that was a powerful statement for him to make. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, would... I, I think I agree with most of what you guys are saying. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I, I think what was stark to me was just that beyond you know the score, the eye test was a little shocking from where Liverpool, it kind of looked like they were – starting to find some form and really starting to kind of gain a foothold despite the challenges of this season. And 
I'm not sure if it's just, you know, there's a huge gap of difference between a Real Madrid and an Arsenal. But that being said, Liverpool just looked like they were a completely different side. They did not have the confidence. And I think that's something that gets exposed when you go into a Champions League in Madrid. And yeah, so, I mean, it's disappointing from a Liverpool side because you feel like if they're playing at the level that they could just with their personnel, the score might not have been 3-1. And if they put up a better fight, you know, maybe they go down 2-1 or 3-2. But it kind of, the, the more shocking part for me was just kind of the lack of fight. And, the, and they just didn't seem to have it, which, you know, when you get to this stage of the Champions League, if you don't, if you don't have it on that night, you're going to get beat by a much better side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two things I would tack on to that. Well, one was just to just to go into that Vinicius second goal. Uh, it, they said it on the commentary, but it was just it was it was all too easy. It was a a, a lapse of com- concentration that I, I don't think I've ever seen from you know at least this iteration of the of the Liverpool side. Uh, everyone who touched the ball and like the, the final three passes had a, a pretty insane amount of space. And then, I mean, some would argue Allison can do better. He was a little bit blocked off by Phillips, but uh, I mean, Vinicius had all the time in the world to get the shot off in, in the middle of the 18. Like uh, I, you can't really expect Allison to do that much more there. Um, no, that was it. Uh, we welcome in usual host, but, uh, this time contributor Will Landis. Uh, Will, what were your what were your thoughts if you got to watch any of the Madrid Liverpool game today? I did. I I was switching off between the two games throughout it all. Fun day, fun day of footy today. A lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> no, I thought it was an interesting game. I mean, I feel like Madrid isn't really talked about a lot this year. There's just not a, a lot of, like, really, really high-profile – I mean, there's high-profile players, but it's not, like, the ones that you usually hear from Madrid, and that's why we usually hear about them. But, no, I thought it was a good game. I thought <clears throat> going back to that third goal with Vinicius, um, Fabinho messed up there, and <clears throat> I think, as you were saying, the commentators were all talking about how much space they had, and I actually, from first glance, thought that it was Allison's fault, and then – Looking back at it again, it's it's tough because it, it's a very quick reaction time, and you know he he didn't. It wasn't a powerful shot. He was doing placement, and he kind of placed it to like Allison's left foot, and I don't know. <clears throat> he, if, I I forget what they actually said on the broadcast, but they're like, if this was Allison's like maybe his best day, like he may have had a stronger left hand there mm-hmm. and could have parried yeah. it out to the side. But I don't know. Have we talked about? Firmino being absent or being on the bench because I don't know what, why that decision was made, but I think he would have been a key player there, even though Jota played well as well. No, but let me give my take on the game. So, yeah, when I was watching in the first half, I was just struck, like you both said, by the pedestrianness of Liverpool and by how, how unsharp they were giving the ball away really easily in midfield. It felt like whenever Liverpool had possession, they only had possession because Real wanted them to have possession in those areas. And Real was just waiting for the moment when Liverpool would give the ball away and they could go on the counter press and attack. Um, So I was struck by that. And I was just, I almost had the feeling of like, wow, 
it's crazy how this machine, which we watched from around the beginning of 2018 until the coronavirus was so dependent on all of its parts, right? When you put together a machine that is like so interwoven and so dependent on all of its parts, one of the consequences of that is that when a part breaks, which is as crucial as the center backs, especially Van Dyke, and you throw in Henderson not playing, um, the whole machine is broken. And I was like, wow, you know, we've looked at this Liverpool team and sort of said and judged them and said, they don't need to rebuild. Like they just need people to come back and then things will be okay. And in the first half, just watching them get dominated in this game, that started to come into question for me a little bit. I was like, wow, there actually may, may be a need for a rebuild a little bit more than we have anticipated because Wijnaldum is going to leave, other players may leave, and this may be a pro the project as a whole may be broken with the absence of these key parts. But then in the second half, when they started to play better, and especially in the moment where they scored, I was encouraged again because they displayed like the character and spine and personality that we have become familiar with from the Liverpool machine of the past few years, right? Like it still exists and it's still there. And the goal was like a fantastic example of it. Wijnaldum with a huge turn in midfield, uh, Jada with the great footwork to find Salah and it all happened in the blink of an eye. So it's still there. Um, it's just not there right now. And like the spirit may have to be reincarnated a little bit with some new players in the off season. So I was going through a whole Liverpool existential crisis during, during the watching of this game. And um, overall, I think that if they could have kept it to 2-1, they could come away feeling pretty decent and like they had a solid shot at a 1-0 or a 2-1 win at home. Now that they have to win 2-0 against this Real team that really looked quite good with no fans at Anfield, they're up against it. I think the commentators said 70-30 um, to Real, you know, in terms of the percentage chance of advancing. And I think that that is probably right, if not higher for Real. Um, so I've it was a dis that uh, 80%. Okay, 80%. I mean, I wouldn't like oppose that. Like to beat Real two by two goals um, is especially this difficult. iteration. I mean, they just yeah. they, they looked fantastic. I, you know, one of the the actually Chelsea analysts I, I follow on Twitter was like, this is not the Real Madrid of the group stage. Like they also took it up a notch to be fair. And yeah. just final point, I think we should move on after this, but I'd just be remiss if we didn't touch on uh, the performance of Tony Cruz, um, just oh absolutely God. pulling the strings. And oh, that, like, it, it is, it's exactly. really something to watch a center mid at the top of, of their game at, and yeah. just playing at this level. He's also playing against Nabi Keita, who was pretty underwhelming today. Nabi had some good moments, although I agree with you. I don't think he should have started. But, like, that Real Madrid triangle could be the most underrated in the world, which is crazy mm. because they play for Real Madrid. But yeah. Casemiro was excellent. Casemiro was insane. Modric is obviously very good. And Cruz, every time he picked his head up, I was like, oh, God, we are in trouble here, you know? <laughs> So, yeah, the three of them ran the game. They just ran the game. There's really no other way around it. And Liverpool, I think, maybe would have, maybe would have, maybe should have gone with Milner instead of Nabby. Should we talk City? Let's. That was a good game. 
that was a really good game. That Foden yeah. winner at the end got me pretty hype. For all the listeners out there, I'm I'm just a Premier League fan during the Champions League. I didn't know who to root for, and it was Liverpool Tottenham. I'm scared if they all win for the next round, but that was a fun game. I was happy City won. I kind of want to just quickly touch on what happened afterwards when the linesman got Holland's autograph. Did you guys see that? So that insane. <laughs> I saw that video. Really crazy. Yeah. Crazy, 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 crazy. Yeah. Stops him in the tunnel and and gets his autograph. Is that crazy? It's like these, <laughs> this like Romanian refereeing core. Yeah, dude will not be officiating any more Champions League games. <laughs> or he will be because it's at UEFA. And I don't know, soccer organizations by and large are corrupt and don't care. What about what about City? What about Dortmund not getting that penalty? I mean, that Bellingham. was that's why we have VAR Insane. is to see things like that and stop it from happening. And it, it blows my mind that someone looking at that replay, even the first time through, would not have the wherewithal to tell the referee, hey, maybe you should look at this again because you completely missed the call. Like, you don't have to overturn it. You don't have to. It's worthy enough that the referee should have taken a second look and made the decision for themselves. It, it's so yeah, frustrating. Yeah. That's, that, that, that could have been a 1-1 game right there. That could have been a 2-1 Dortmund. Completely, like, we have VAR to prevent game-changing decisions from going wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, that was truly awful, and especially, you know, a team like Man City doesn't need that kind of advantage uh, to advance against a, a team that young in Dortmund's just got to be so dispiriting um, for them. You know, they have their their older leaders and a guy like Marco Royce, but still just the the mental taxation of of one that happening to your best player just every single headline that comes out about him is how he's leaving so i don't know i i kind of wonder about the the mentality there um i also didn't get to watch this game as much so will what i'm wondering um if you have any take on this is this since the the man united win is the closest i've heard about a team playing man city was there anything uh, tactically or otherwise that you saw out of this this Dortmund squad that like made them keep it a close game against this like Manchester City juggernaut? What's his name played really well. Hummels was shutting them down on defense. Um, no, I wasn't looking too much tactically into this game. It's kind of tough when you're switching between the two. Yeah, 100%. But <clears throat> I don't know if you saw the goal of this game or for Dortmund in this game, but just an absolutely... The, one of the most difficult passes ever Holland made to get it to Marco right. Royce in stride on a breakaway was pretty hype. But no, I don't know about specifically what they did to stop him. Um, but it was a really fun game. And it seemed like there was a lot of emotion there. I mean, there was a lot of emotion in the Liverpool-Real Madrid game as well. But like, I feel like when when fans haven't been there, the celebrations aren't as hype. And when Marco Royce scored that goal on the 84th, like all the Dortmund people had their hands going up, like going crazy into the corner. But no, it was a fun game. I'm I'm excited for tomorrow, boys. Are we are we nervous? Are we optimistic? You you just know Chelsea's gonna let you, let you down in the first leg. Are they home or away? Not true. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I mean, look, Porto is a great team. They are going to come in with as much force and as much heart as any team in the competition right now. 
it's a, it's going to be a question. It's so this is, this is the, almost the perfect draw for Chelsea. Cause this is the test of how far they've come. They've struggled to break down sides. They've struggled with scoring. Porto is not going to hold possession of the ball. They're not going to dominate the game. They're going to be a really stout defensive force. And the question is, has Chelsea built enough rapport and, and ability to break down a side like this? So I'm always going to be cautiously optimistic. And, and I think that they have, I know that they have the quality, you know, it's anyone's best guess whether they show up tomorrow and, and prove it. But I know if I was putting money on the game, I'm, I'm going to be putting money on Chelsea. I think they're, they're certainly the better side and it'll be an upset if they don't win. This ain't no West Brom. This is not a West Brom anymore. Thank God. So, we lost them over the weekend. So I'd really hope that they're not West Brom. So <laughs> as, as the, uh, the, the seminal track of the uh, original Shrek movie soundtrack goes, I'm a believer <laughs> um, in Thomas Tuchel. I, I especially now, uh, you know, I have given him my fair deal of stick um <laughs> over our weeks on the pod um but and and you know wasn't completely satisfied with his managerial decisions but i guess we'll get to the the chelsea west brown match later uh i think that is the exception not the rule I, i'm very very excited to see how they come back from that i'm worried um that that conte won't be in the squad because he you know, provides that, uh, that sense of stability. And, uh, you know, I think at his best, he's easily the, the, the best player on the team, but Mountback starting Pulisic available. Like, I, I think we have the weapons and especially if Porto is going to come out guns blazing, we know Chelsea's most potent, uh, can be extremely potent, I should say on the counterattack. And so I, I think it's going to be a great match. Should we go? Should we, should we move back to the prem? Prem's like it's like boring now that actually it's not boring. The top four race is like one of the coolest I've seen in a while. <laughs> like six teams within two points, all from like fourth through seventh or eighth place. That's crazy. How about my hammers? How about my hammers? Yeah, the fact that West Ham are in fourth right now, thirty games into the season, is ridiculous. I wish That's we had. I wish we had a Manchester United fan to like hear his thoughts on what they think of this Lingard situation because he is so good. Messi Lingard is more like Messi Lingard. I said said that. I said that. (laughs) That was my joke. Uh, Yeah, enunciate it loud. I thought I heard that. I wasn't sure. Sorry, Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's absolutely brilliant. Wait, Eric, you just said that. Yeah, I said I, it. I didn't I, hear that. That's a, coincidence. That's a coincidence. No, because I think I thought it sounded like it, but I didn't know that he actually said it. But I was like, hey, wait, Messi Lingard. <laughs> I was thinking that before either of you said anything. <laughs> well, well, I... I <laughs> you will I, never I, be I Eric, to... right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're sick. I mean, they also just... They have, like, weird weapons just... You know, guys I'd never thought of before, like Pablo Fornals, Thomas Suchek. Um, I mean, I'd thought of Mikel Antonio before. And that was this game. Uh, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, was without Declan Rice, yeah, one right. of like their strongest players right. this season. I mean, 
you know, they're formidable. Like, yeah, we're like Spence said, we're, we're 30 games in the season. This is a real contender. Anyone has a shot at this. I, I mean, I don't even think uh, like Lester and man, you were impervious, like given man, their, man, given you, their, I think man, you are pretty impervious. Are they, is it, is it locked? I, no, I still, I still think clear? menu has a couple wins. City has a couple losses. You never know. Sorry. What? I, don't, I don't think city's losing. To you should put, country. you should put some money on that. That would be a good bet. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> even think there are any odds for that. Put some money early in the season on uh, Chelsea. Yeah, Spence, I'm going to need that Venmo back soon. I think I already Venmoed you. Yeah. Venmo <laughs> <laughs> me. That would be the $10 you convinced me to put in. <laughs> well, uh, I'm our... so excited to play. To play? Eric, what On happened? You just joined... Oh, by the way, listeners, Eric and I are now a part of a soccer team in New York City. Wow. Good for you. Come I'm out. Jealous. Our first game is at Chelsea Piers at 3.30 p.m. If you come and watch us, you will be awarded one MacBook Pro, right? <laughs> Not one of those old ones. We're talking new M1 chip, 13-inch display MacBook Pro. So if you – there's, like, boards, and if you check someone into the boards, it's an automatic yellow, and Charlie's on the team. And I, oh I, my I, God. I literally think it's going to be a – That's a lock. That's they, a lock. Are there reds? Like, are we going to play a man down? Yeah, if, a yellow is like a 30-second power play. Isn't that interesting? I like that. Oh, Who's on your team? That is interesting. I kind of like that. It's me, Eric, Jake, Charlie, my friend Bradley from school, and then a couple of Jake's club soccer friends. Nice. This is Jake's dream, putting together the <laughs> league, the indoor league that he's been trying guess to organize for years. Guess, guess the name. Guess Jake. the name. Oh, my God. No, Jake put it together. Guess the name. Something about drinking or something? Yep. Yeah, you're you're Sunday almost there. Beer Sunday. Very close. You're like really close. Do I have to edit this? <laughs> I don't know. No, no, no. It's not that no bad. One well, to oh, I don't know. No That's one listens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's classic. <laughs> classic. Should we talk about Liverpool's big win over the weekend? That was a nice win. Nice win for Pool. Uh, I think that. Diogo Jada started this game against Real Madrid because he had a good performance against Arsenal coming on. Um, yeah, it was a solid 3-0 win. Uh, I think I thought that the first hour until Jada came on was very, again, pedestrian. I'll use the same word. And um, once he came on and some chances came, then uh, things happened. The commentators on the on the Champions League game today were just talking about how Trent is the most scrutinized player in English football right now. They're so right. Like every single thing he does, people are talking about it now because of this England squad selection. Right? He had a pretty good game on Saturday, and everyone was talking about how good Trent was. You can't leave him out. And it felt like every, even for myself, every single thing that he did in the Champions League game tonight, I was scrutinizing it and saying, is he a good enough defender? Um, is he, is he this, is he that obviously his mistake was bad. Um, and, uh, overall, like he is, he has a character as someone who's a little bit fiery, right. And actually has a bit of a temper on him and is young. And I don't think manages himself well throughout the game. Um, so I was observing for that. <laughs> I mean, just to add on to that a little, not to, for long, but 
And the reason he's, he's so scrutinized is because of the levels he's reached over the past two years. When you perform at the level he was performing at and put in the performances he put in at, at the, at the Champions League stage, the finals, semifinals, he was putting in performances that were worthy of the best writer, right back in the, in the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, maybe it's a curse that he did it at such a young age and, yeah. and brought on so many. I mean, like no one would have argued with you when you said, you know, he's a top three right back in the world a year or two ago. And I think it, it, it's that level of, of, you know, renown that he had, which leads people when he, when he has an off year like this, he's going to have his critics. He's going to have people saying, Oh, he, you know, maybe he's not that good. Maybe that was just a good year or two. Maybe he was just part of the machine, which I think is still valid criticism. It doesn't define him, but the truth is if you look at where he was and where he is now, he has dropped off enormously. And and so has Liverpool because of the injuries, but you know, that, that that's where I think it all stems from. He wouldn't be getting this level of, of notoriety if he wasn't an incredibly gifted footballer, but when he puts in performances and, and gifts and a, gifts a goal like that in the champions league, people are going to be on his case. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's playing like that much worse right now than he had been in the past. Like, I think his game is similar. Not much about his game has changed. He hasn't gotten worse, become a worse defender, stopped giving good crosses. Right. It's possible he's getting exposed a little bit more this season because Liverpool as a team are not playing as well. But I think that the whole like conversation probably says more about, like fan culture and the way that we analyze players and look at players than it does about Trent specifically almost, right? Like you, Spencer, you mentioned like the reason he's being scrutinized and criticized so much is because he has had success in the past. And I feel like that's almost a pattern in the way that conversation cycles happen in football, right? Like either a, either a player or a team or a manager is getting eulogized for overperforming or for being an underdog or for doing something, right? Or they're being savagely critiqued and ripped apart, right? And often the cycle is that you go from one to the next. Like that has been sort of the case for Trent, right? It's been the case for Liverpool. Yes, obviously they're not playing as well. He maybe is not playing as well. But like the level of sort of scrutiny and criticism feels to me part of a pattern Um, which is replicable. And I can envision other situations, right? Like, for example, uh, West Ham, like next year when things don't go as well, they might get ripped apart like in the media or Declan Rice or someone or Jack Grealish, right? People who have been eulogized often go on to then be criticized rather starkly. And I think it's actually quite hard. There are very few players who get to a level where they're just like unquestionably lauded and, and when they do get to that level, they're almost forgotten about. Like your goal as a player, I feel like in the media, in like the media landscape is to get to a place where people just take you for granted as being really good and then forget about you. Kevin De Bruyne, David De Bruyne. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like Kevin De Bruyne is great. Yep. Like, he's not like yeah. that great. You know what I'm saying? Like he makes mistakes he is, too. He's that great. That's so, but the few reactions are what? case in point. That's like such a hot And take. also, also, no, he is that great. Like, but he makes mistakes too. Like there are shortcomings of his game. Man City lose games sometimes and he plays a role. And it's in all his defeats. fault? No, no, no. But he's just like any other. He's a bad player, example. Right? He just is sort of the doesn't get players criticized. In the world. Well, I know yeah, that's what I'm saying. Was... And also, you shouldn't have to get to the level of Kevin De Bruyne to not to like people should still recognize that Trent is an exceptional talent. Like, he hasn't been and I don't think exceptionally, he has not been playing exceptionally. 
he is he's an exceptional talented player but he's Premier League Champions League team of the year is still playing quite well even though he's made a few defensive mistakes as has all of Liverpool you know like he's being singled out why is no one talking about Robertson not playing as well I don't I think Robertson has had honestly quite a poor season but no one is talking about that, right? Just because the na- it doesn't really fit the narrative as well. He's not being cut from the English. He's really like at right back. So is Trent, honestly. Like they're both Robertson a little more like maybe Robertson is a little quieter. He's on the quieter side. But like he's had, in my opinion, like whenever the ball goes to him, I think he's quite poor. So I'm just saying, I'm just bringing the narrative into question. Right. I think it fits a pattern. Fair enough. Fine. What should we talk about next? I don't well, want to one out some predictions for the Champions League. I, I want to hear <laughs> who you guys want, who you guys think is going to win this. No bias. Win what? The Champions League. Like the. I think that PSG is going to beat Bayern tomorrow. My hot take. Ooh, that is a that's that is pretty hot. Is is Neymar fit? Yeah, he just got the red card in league play on Sunday, so he, I think he's still good for the Champions League. I think I think Real Madrid is going to win the Champions League this year. Ooh. Wow! That's I mean, I think it's I, I think it's Man City. I mean, they I mean, Real are playing extremely well, and I guess Man City showed some vulnerability against Dortmund. But like you said, house, like, yeah, Man City's the house right now. Like it's their like, they're yeah. not, they're not definitely through going into Dortmund with Dortmund having an away goal already. Do you think that they're going to get shut out? Right. Yeah. Like, like Dorman's defense is supposed to be yeah. out. Dorman's defense is quite leaky, actually. <clears throat> I'm just really excited for these this next couple of months and good games. I hope Porto. Yeah. I hope Porto doesn't make the semifinals because that'll be boring. So boring. Don't get me wrong. I'm a like I'm a Chelsea fan, but. Porto going through is not like such an awful narrative. Like if they're good enough to beat Chelsea and they like, it's a fun, like underdog narrative. When I turn on the Porto game, I don't know who any of their players are except for Pepe. Like it's boring for me to watch that. Watching soccer? To some extent. Yes. That's why I don't watch when Liverpool play Trabs on Spore or some, some team in the Europa League. Like, yeah, not I'm not interested. We're talking about like a team that's made it to the, Porto and Shakhtar Donetsk are the they're the same level of entertaining to me. I know nothing about them. Spoken like a, uh, I don't even know what that. Name me three players on Porto and three players on Shakhtar. That has nothing. What's the difference? Like that. What? That's like how could you make that assertion that that like they're just because you don't know any of the players are all the same. What I think is entertaining, like I want to know the players, like I want to know who the players are, like I want to know what the story is, like the difference. That's why Shakhtar and Porto might as well be the same to me. You know, like either could be making this. I wouldn't care which one it was. For me, it's the same. Yeah, but if they're if they're playing quality football, yeah, yeah, they're playing quality football. You should maybe it's like saying like I only watch like Real Madrid and Barcelona because like they're the best teams. Like that's like like that that's the fun of soccer. But like like, I know many players, teams. Yeah, totally. But like, if I'm choosing which is going to be a more entertaining game, like I'm going to choose the one where like I know who people are. It's almost like yeah, like I'm sure that Game of Thrones is a good TV show. 
But if I plop down and watch like season five, episode three, I'm probably not going to like think it's as entertaining as watching the TV show where I know who the characters are. Looking There's a like little a bit of a true Liverpool fan who just became a Liverpool fan that he can only watch the top teams and with the names that matter the most. Like, do you think that that's really that unreasonable? Like, I'm just being honest. Is that unreasonable to say? Like, I'm not that interested in watching Porto because I don't know who the players are. It's still it's a it's a Champions League quarterfinal game. I mean, like they didn't just, they didn't just definitely. Win. That's why I don't. But I don't want them to be. I'm not saying I'm not gonna. I'm not interested in their quarterfinal. If I had to choose which team would go through, and bear in mind, you know how I feel about Chelsea. <laughs> but in terms of which will be more entertaining for me, I would definitely rather Chelsea go through. But you would learn, like, like some story would emerge that, like, if Porto made Porto making the quarterfinals a story in and of itself. People are talking about Pepe like leading this. Yes, you're right. Otherwise, pretty irrelevant team to a Champions League quarterfinal. Like there is a story might be talking about Pepe leading this team to a Champions League quarterfinal because he's the only player on the team that they know who he is. Do you think yeah, that might be a reason? Captain. <laughs> no, but yeah, okay. Every it's, it's a David, captain. it's a David and Goliath. Like, like, like it's a it's the whole reason for the argument against creating these European super leagues where like the same teams make it every year. Cause that ruins the narrative. It's all about having a narrative that's like fun and interesting and new. And if it was the same eight teams in the quarterfinals every single year, like it'd be a little boring. Would you rather know, like, PSG be winning League One this year as opposed to be trailing Lille by three points because you don't know oh, anyone who's on Lille? <laughs> it doesn't really matter to me. I don't watch League Ugh. <laughs> League Ugh. That's what it's called. <laughs> It's very, that's true. <laughs> right. But no, like if we're choosing which which will be more entertaining, I'm definitely going to pick the team I know versus the team I don't. I can appreciate watching a team that plays good football, definitely, even if I don't know who the players are. But I still would rather choose the team that I know who people are uh, than the team where I don't. I think that's a pretty. I th- I think if everyone's honest, I think we'd all say that that's true. That's the whole argument against creating the Super League, though, is that like people don't want just like the same teams going to the champions league every single year yeah i'm kind of fine with the super league i don't think i i think that would be pretty entertaining i want to see psg play byron all the time and psg play juventus like i'm down Let's i want to see do that, that. i want to see them earn it like i want to see the best teams go through and you and you become the best by beating the best not by just like getting placed there right like you don't Definitely. have the you don't have the ix story you don't have the leon story like these are these are some of the greatest Tottenham. like Tottenham wouldn't moments in to the yes, final. That's yes. true. Yeah, like Tottenham it, are the just... Porto of English football for <laughs> the rest of Europe. I love that Jake isn't here to defend them. Um, <laughs> yeah, these are like some of the some of the best stories in like the past like two three years of soccer are these. Like, cares about Bayern winning? Amazing underdogs. Like, yeah, that was a machine, right? But when I watched, when I sat down for the final and it was Bayern PSG, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was the two best teams. It was, it was the yeah. teams that had played the best, but like it shouldn't be by default, like someone just like, right, that those two teams are going to be the best teams this year. So they're going to get to go. They have to earn it. My, o- my other argument is that by and large, we have such high expectations for games like that and they usually underperform. They usually disappoint. And so going into a game like Chelsea-Porto, where maybe you think Chelsea's just going to roll them, maybe you think it's at least up in the air, 
you lower expectations and you and mm-hmm. we might see like an exciting tactical matchup tomorrow because we have literally no idea what goes on in the Portugal leagues right now. Like literally I haven't watched a single Porto game. Maybe they have maybe they play with five guys at the front. I don't know. <laughs> That's an interesting va- argument for entertainment value though. Like the reason it's entertaining you're saying is because we have such low expectations for like we have it being lower expectations. I think our expectations are like just like stupidly high for these matchups, but like we 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 fetishize like these amazing matchups between these European squads that we that we don't usually get to see play against each other. And a lot of the time they don't live up to the hype. Like the mm-hmm. biggest games, a lot of the time don't live up to the hype. I can't say primary a lot of time they do so this like, is my new thing. <laughs> they they kind of do when it's a super team On and average, they're both playing and they both come to play. You they come to play in the Champions League final. That didn't make Liverpool's win any less boring. That game was not that exciting. Yeah, but that was a very unique circumstance. Like I don't very cagey. So. I, I think also the penalty in the first minute. Yes, penalty in the first minute. Yes, but I'm saying like stuff happens that like that. Just in the like, they play cagey, like when they don't have an incentive to just like to to go all out, or the they've like worked out the the game theory. I'm reading this David Sumter Soccermatics. Um, that soccer they don't think that they don't think like the best strategy is for them to defend, and the other team doesn't er, to attack. And the other team doesn't think so either. It becomes just like a, a cagey match, and then there's like mm-hmm. one slip up and a goal, and then mm-hmm. the team sits in. And they have a great true. Defense. That's it. That's true. That happens. But but um, still, for me, that could also still happen between a team that I don't know who any of the players are and another team. First of all, I, that, Fair, like, that but your expectations are lower for those matchups. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's on fine. average, but that doesn't those... mean that the that the matchups are more entertaining. If that makes sense, like I, in yes. and of themselves, they is, could yes, be fine. less. They could be less entertaining. Still, absolutely. Like, I'm just saying right? compared to like what how they do compared to like your expectation yeah you probably get more you, you probably honestly get more bang for your buck out of those matchups all right here's where i think i stand i care about narrative when it's liverpool's involved that's when i invest in narrative like that's where i invest that's what being a fan is when i am a neutral i care about soccer and recognizing the players and like just watching it as a self-contained thing almost within that match. You know, like I'm not going to do the background research on Porto and all of the Porto things that they're doing because <laughs> I don't care. You know, I'm just turning on the TV for the one game. So I'd rather see, I'd rather it be like Inter Milan or something where I'm like, oh, how's Romelu Lukaku doing? You know, I followed him when he was in the Premier League. Uh, so that's where I stand. Give me my narrative when it's in red and white and uh, these other jerseys. I don't care. Just give me the best players. Super League, please. Fair enough. Super League, please. I think we lost <laughs> Will somewhere in there. Um, no, I'm but... just I'm I'm thinking about how over the weekend, I think Newcastle had the fourth highest expected goals in a game against Tottenham, and I think we just need to touch on that for a second. Mourinho let up 22 shots to a struggling Newcastle team. Newcastle's highest shot total in like two and a half years. 
any any comments on that game without Jake tonight? Well, yeah, and especially coming from a, a lead. And I mean, uh, you know, uh, as much as I love Harry Kane as as a player, and I don't think it's his fault that they're underperforming. I just uh, I still can't take arguments seriously for him as the best player in the league. You know what? Here's here's what the angle I'm going to take on that. He's the best player. He's performing right. He's also has to be a leader. He also has to be contributing something to this team culture or not contributing enough to the point where they can be this good for a bit and then lose a lead to a, to a team like Newcastle. So I'm going to saddle him with that. Um, well, I like that take, but Kane had an awesome game on Sunday. His two goals were awesome, and he now leads the league in goals and assists as a striker, which is pretty unheard of. Yes. Um, but it no, I, I agree with you. Tottenham, like, even though it seems like they're in the top four race, like, you, you don't really think about them. They're just kind of like those outsiders, and then it's only a matter of time until Marino leaves. I think he sucks. He should be done coaching forever. Go work at Sky Sports or something. He's a funny guy. <laughs> I think um, Harry Kane will look a lot better in blue next season. At Chelsea? Which, which blue? Man City. I was thinking Man City. You don't think they're going to Holland? I don't. I don't. I think that's like very unlikely. I don't think he leaves. Honestly, I don't know Kane, about you guys. He's going. He's going. Yeah. He's not going somewhere. Tottenham's not going to sell him to somewhere. In, in but he's English. You know, uh, English but, players don't like yes. to go abroad. He's golden boy. Tottenham's not going to sell English him. Golden to boy. Tottenham's not going to like strengthen one of their opponents by giving them their best player. That's just now. I think funny. Daniel Levy will do anything for the right price. And I mean that exactly <laughs> how it sounded. Um, um, Spent, where does he go? So here, here's how, here's my vision of this, this off season. I'm, I'm going into the, I'm going into the zone. West Ham. Right? <laughs> There's no way. That would be nice. Um, to play, ch- that would be actually crazy. Yeah. He goes to Real Madrid. Where? Kareem Benzema. What? Benzema's old. They're going to toss aside. He's no Benzema. Still good. He's still good. Playing great. I mean, he's I think he's bad. on a goal draft, but oh, I don't no, think he's, he's bad. He I tend to bad. agree. With, I I just think we usually don't hear about him because there are other stat, stars outshining him. Jesus. Um, but I feel like every time I see like a BN Sports Twitter link, it's like. Benzema's saved it for Real again. Like yeah, he's, I, I he's think he's great. having a pretty consensus good season. So not there. Player my, who's my, so good, he's just taken for granted. That's that's actually a really really good point. So I I think if we're going by general consensus, Aguero goes to Barca, Holland goes to Man City. Um, so Real doesn't need a striker. Are you making? Oh, reunited with Pac at PSG? That's interesting. Maybe That's the only one I would like even maybe entertain as like a possibility. He's not, he's who, not going to France. There's no way Harry Kane's going to France. <laughs> Harry Kane in France. Doesn't belong in France. Hysterical. You go to Man U. That's been in the rumors. He could go to Man U. He could go to Man U. That would be potent. That would right. be really good, actually. If you guys had to guess who has completed the most passes in the Premier League this season, who would it be? 
in the past, like in the last couple of years, Van Dyke has won it by like literally like 800 passes. Who is it this year? Stones. Good guess. Harry Maguire. No. Neither of those guys are actually no. Harry Maguire is fifth. Good. You wouldn't think of it. Actually, one of you is very. <laughs> oh, Ruben Diaz. Nice, Eric. Is it? Yeah. I was just trying to think of who. That was. Played. I should have guessed Ruben Diaz. Yeah, because he Cause started, people would he let, started every game too. And people right? would let him have the ball if they're going to let yeah, someone exactly. have the ball. Yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. Good tidbit, Will. Predictions for the weekend and then call tonight. Yeah. Sure. Got some good games this weekend. First one, Liverpool, Aston Villa. Probably a good one. Come on, Villa. 7 2 Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I can't believe. Yeah. What? It's been so long for the return leg. Um, 2 0 Liverpool. Joda scores two. Three two Villa. They don't have Grealish. Hey man, a man can dream, all right. <laughs> That's fair. I'll say three one Liverpool. Um who does Chelsea play this weekend? Chelsea at Crystal, Crystal Palace. Palace. I always love watching Chelsea for some reason. I don't I think it was because of I don't know if you guys remember this, but William had a really cool goal at Crystal Palace a couple years ago. Like ripped it into the top right, but I love watching. They, they always give us a run for our money. We we very yeah. rarely like dominate them, so it, it could be a trap game, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Three nil Palace. I'm just gonna go with the obvious one nil Chelsea. I think that's probably where the money is. Yeah, I'd say two nil. One nil Palace. Who scores? Um. I'll say Batuazi. I'm, I'm torn between MacArthur and McCarthy, but I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh, Jeffrey Schlupp. Yes. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Real quick, I, I want to add a little uh, five thirty eight segment just to just to update folks on on the title race. And title interestingly, or top four? what title or top four? Well, t- I mean title. It's obviously Man City. How, what right. is and what is Man U's odds? So right now, Man U sits at well, less than one percent for title. Oh, that's BS. UCL qualification is at ninety-seven percent for United, followed by Leicester at sixty-five percent, then Liverpool at fifty-three percent, Chelsea at thirty-eight percent. West Ham at 28% and Tottenham at 16%. So a little bit of a switch up after this weekend's run of games, mainly in part. So Liverpool. Do they have won. a weaker schedule or something? Yes. Man weaker City, you, you have Man City still. We have Man and you have Leicester. 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 We have United and that's it. We have West Ham, Leicester. Oh. So we've got a tough run of games, but I think the biggest movement was teams dropping points, Liverpool adding three points. Chelsea's uh, SPI rating, their their performance index rating, 
dropped a hefty almost two points. So their their outlook on on expected points went down mainly because of the drop in form after the five two loss. Liverpool's rating stayed actually went down after this after the Real game, but they are mm. still sitting at fifty three percent. So it, it's it's highly. I think honestly you can chalk that up to not like a very real difference because after this weekend's games, everything's going to change again. So it's at this point, it's incredibly fluid and, and every week is going to, is going to kind of, they're going to, everyone's going to jump around. Yeah. I wonder but, how they take into account European results for those. They, like they very do. intrigued by that. No, no, no. I, I, I know they do. I, my, my question is. I oh, it's all about performance against like the, the SPI of the opponent. Right, right, right. Okay. Cool. But yeah, should All be right. interesting. T- Tottenham menu is this weekend as well. I think mm. that is the Sunday prime timer, yeah, eleven thirty. Who's going? Menu two one. It's at Tottenham. Nil nil. No doubt in my mind. <laughs> cool. All right. I think we should call it. All, All right, right, boys. Come on, you blues. Come on, Come you, on you blues. blues. We're back. We're back, baby. Spewing my controversial takes has helped me take my mind off this Liverpool defeat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Good night. Peace. Peace.